all the way from the A. You listen to my favorite lesbian on BRQ. Hey, stay locked in with your favorite lesbian on Black Radical Queer. Yo. Hey, y'all. This is Javi Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. This is Javi Nicole. Welcome back to Black Radical Queer Podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today, I am joined by Paragon. Um, if you all remember, I had Paragon on about a year ago, and I said that I would have them on again <laughs> so that we could give you all an update, um, kind of like a where are they now type of uh, situation. So um, I had the pleasure of actually being able to be in person with my Paragon family recently, uh, about a month ago. So, um, and as you all know, I'm across the country from everybody. So I had not been able to uh, be up in the mix in the same way. So I was able to go and um, and have some community you know, time with Paragon. So that was really nice. Um, and I'll circle back to that later. But to start out, I wanna give everybody an opportunity to reintroduce themselves to you. So just to refresh your memory, on who we have, and then we'll get into um, our updates. So we'll start with Dion Choptray Henderson. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much um, for having us back. It's such a joy to be here. Um, Dion Choptray Henderson, and on the cooperative side, I am the executive director, and on the uh, and also the treasurer. My role in the club is founder. And I'm looking forward to spending time with everyone. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. Um, next up, we have Seda. So Seda, can you introduce yourself to the people? Good evening, everyone. This is Seda Karen. Uh, I will be serving as the Director of Technology for Paragon in 2024. Okay, next up, I have DeMarcus. So, DeMarcus, can you introduce yourself? Good afternoon, everyone. I am DeMarcus Austin, <clears throat> excuse me, and I will be serving as your road captain for 2024. Thank you. And then, last but not least, I have Jessica Noir. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. I am Jessica Noir. I will be the 2024 wellness director on the cooperative side. And on the club side, I am the 2024 pledge master. All right. Thank you all for introducing yourselves. So since we do have a um, previous episode, we're not completely like starting from scratch. Um, one thing I did want to do is on the last time that I had you all on, I had you uh, choose three words that describe Paragon for you. So I kind of want to use that as an entry point to our conversation. So um, I'll go around again and you can let us know what your three words are and then just kind of give some insight into um, where you are now in relationship to um, the club and the cooperative. So I'm going to circle back around. I'll start back with you, Dion Chaktray Henderson. Got to say the whole name. <laughs> Um, so that you can give your your three words. And then just 
you know, letting us know from your perspective, like your view, um, where Paragon is now compared to where it was when we were last together, because this was a year ago. Okay, thank you for that. I um, I think my three words would be uh, complex, spiritual, and sublime. I think um, Paragon has really advanced over the past year. We've done a lot of work to um, discover what was effective and um, things that needed to be revamped. On both sides of the organization, we've had some tremendous successes in growth. The cooperative has seen support from uh, national you know, institutions and local funds as well. So we're excited about the plans uh, that have been drafted, everything from uh, working with the uh, National Resource Energy Lab on solar and agrivoltaics, having that uh, plan come to fruition in terms of uh, our five-year farm plan, and also being able to have an upcoming session with the uh, building team, working on the architectural structural changes that are necessary in order to have housing. So that's been very exciting. And we also, for the uh, 2024 year, have some outstanding plans for the club on the Coco side. So the Coco side, one of the most exciting events that will be happening is who you have on this call. Um, I have a fabulous leadership team that have committed uh, to work together for the 2024 year. And so just having the resources and a uh, shout out to um, the Queer Mobilization Fund for bringing uh, the capacity and also technical assistance that have helped me to, uh, you know, have that uh, increased capacity come to fruition. So I'm excited about that as well. Thank you. I wanted to um, also ask now for folks and not too much, because honestly, they need to go back and listen. <laughs> if they don't know, they need to go back and listen to the first one. But um, what? how would you sum up what Paragon is in one line? I would say that uh, Paragon is a cooperative of eclectic, diverse human beings that uh, represent Black and Indigenous persons of color and their very committed accomplices to have equity in the areas of farming, housing, and also power on the cooperative side uh, in terms of taking back land ownership and healing and building collective resources. And on the club side, it is a group of very fierce, talented lifestyle people who want to have kindred spirits and enjoy all of who they are in a consent-based environment. And so we are coming together to do education and training from um, everything from relationships 
to, um, you know, the things of your fetishes and predilections. So hopefully that was one very long ass run on sentence. <laughs> that was it's definitely a paragraph. <laughs> However, um, still like folks will have, for those who have not heard, um, like if there's new, you know, any new listeners, they'll have to go back and listen to the first um, episode, um, but they'll have the benefit of looking, of listening uh, back to back. So they can just kind of have that continuation. Um, so yeah, do that. Because um, it'll give you even a further insight into, you know, where Paragon is now and kind of just the whole process because we've talked about that a lot last time. Okay, so Seda, I'm coming around to you um, for your three words and your uh, your Paragon updates, like from your perspective. Thank you so much. Uh, and I do have a, in addition to my introduction, I did not mention my club role, uh, which will be Sergeant at Arms. Uh, my three words, I would say, are universal, uh, being the first because Paragon has something for everyone. Uh, and we have a place to serve and to fit in. Uh, from the vanilla side to the lifestyle side or the year-end technology as my role would be. Um, or if you are looking more into your culture or, you know, whatever way you would like to fit in, there's a place and there's a role. Uh, Forward-looking is another word that I would use because we are looking towards future. Um, we're building something that will last uh, and is sustainable um, just as an organization, but also uh, sustainable for the people that are in it. Um, you know, I think because we are universal, you can be in a role and maybe you don't want to do that anymore. Instead of having to leave and go find some other place to feel like you fit in, you can just find another role here that fits another part of who you are. Um, and the Third word, it's, it's more of a phrase than a word, I would say out of the box, uh, because most people in general uh, would not think to put uh, agriculture and alternative lifestyles in the same sentence, <laughs> you know, but that's what we do, you know, because we recognize that every person is more than just one piece or one profile or one moment in time. Uh, we are across the spectrum in ourselves. And so here it's some, uh, a place where we can be all of that in one organization. Seda, for those who do not know, like who are not necessarily um, versed in this particular type of like club or um, organizational structure, mm -hmm. can you give a little insight into what a Sergeant at Arms does? Yes, yeah, so Sergeant at Arms uh, is kind of the enforcer for the group. Um, not that I'm going to be walking around um, flexing my biceps, but more to um, ensuring that everyone is following rules, um, whether it's in a meeting that we're following rules of order. For example, if you're anyone that's familiar with formal meeting protocol, you know, there's the Robert Rules of Order. So the sergeant at arms would be the person to make sure we are staying uh, on track in that regard. Uh, it could also be um, how we present in public. You know, if we have a, uh, if we're appearing somewhere in person, if we have a uniform, making sure everyone's in uniform. 
or is, is aware of the uniform, if there's a uniform, or if there are certain things that we are to speak on um, in our official capacity, you know, making sure no one goes outside of those bounds and things like that. Thank you for explaining. I know um, I try not to take for granted that, um, you know, there's a certain language that we're accustomed to using, um, mm -hmm. but that, you know, I want to make sure it's something that's um, accessible, you know, to kind of the average layperson who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just to, you know, kind of make it a little more accessible. So thank, thank you, you for, for breaking it down. So let's see. All right. DeMarcus, I'm coming around to you for well, your three words and your your uh, update, your Paragon update from your perspective. So before we get into that real quick, I, I, I did mess up on one of my roles. Um, I am the outreach director on the um, club side also. So uh, my three words would be ooh, inclusive. It would also be fetish and power those are my three words the reason i chose those three words um is more so we empower the people that want to be around us we put our trust in you to do what you say you're gonna do so that's why i chose pet uh power fetish no, everybody loves a good fetish thing. So that's why we're here to help out. So in your roles, um, we're doing outreach and then role captain. Because um, again, role captain specifically make like, I think outreach people can kind of drum up a, a general idea of what that means because that um, really uh, crosses different industries and things like that. But a role captain, what to someone who is like, I don't know what y'all talking about. What will you do as a road captain? Basically, you know, I'm going to travel to events and I'm going to make sure that we are rep and that everybody sees that Paragon is there and we're going to try to recruit and bring you into Paragon. That is what I'm going to do. So for those who are, you know, um, who don't know, yeah, a road captain will literally be like on the road so out be very visible um because when we have different like clubs and organizations um we you know there are people who are like the face of an organization or who help to like spread the word and so the role captain um helps to function in that capacity um to really be like this uh it's kind of kind of some kind of along the lines of marketing but just putting like humanizing it though it not being like okay you know, I see flyers, I see posts, I see this, but to see a real person who is going to different events and venues and spaces who can um, actually speak to their lived experience with the organization. So, um, you know, so you'll basically, especially if you're in the surrounding areas, likely see uh, DeMarcus all over the place <laughs> next year. Um, well, now too, and next year um, for Paragon. That so, is correct. Starting off as of January, I am going to be at MAL. So that'll be the first event for the year. So yeah, so y'all can be on the lookout. Um, and then too, as, as you see people out, um, you'll be able to ask them questions and get more information. So don't, you know, don't feel like 
hey, I'm, you know, I'm so out of the loop or I'm so new that like, I just feel nervous about asking. Um, each person of the leadership team is equipped to like, you know, answer questions and just kind of help you get a better understanding um, of the organization. So, and then last but not least, we have Jessica Noir. So can you let folks know your roles? You mentioned uh, wellness director and pledge master. Um, so for, you know, those who don't have any experience with like a pledge process, um, just give a little insight into that and your, um, your, you know, updates from your perspective. Sure. So as pledge master on the club side, um, what my role is and my focus is to, when we have recruited members come in or just interested parties who'd like to know about being a part of the Paragon Club is to guide them through the process of learning about the organization so that they can have informed consent if they decide that they want to be a part of the club and then ultimately maybe later the cooperative. So if they decide to pledge, I take them through a structured process of being able to get educated about what we're doing, to participate in our events and get to know the members and how we relate to the community and then ultimately be able to pay it forward by like providing some service within the organization and to the community that we serve. Um, and then when they graduate, they have the option to um, become members of the organization. And then ultimately in the future, if they'd like to, they can look into the cooperative side as well. Um, and then as the wellness director, what my focus is, is to bring that same energy, but to everybody in Paragon. So to be able to provide a space where everybody has community and connectivity and understands, you know, what we're doing together and to make sure that at the center of that, there is some wellness. So whether that means we have a conflict that we need mediated, or that means that we just need to rest together and have some fun. I'm going to make sure that we don't ever lose focus that this is supposed to be a safe space for everybody to um, not only grow as people, but also to like form a community with others and rest. Um, Jessica, what were your three words? My three words were transformative, inclusive, and radical. Um, I feel like Paragon is transformative, which I can speak to more and like where I think we've come from because we have um, had a lot of internal change and we've also caused a lot of change. There's not a lot of clubs um, and organizations in our lifestyle community that are um, like this bold and trying to encompass all these things that we're doing. So I think that we are constantly changing because we're trying to create something that's never been done before. Um, and then with inclusive, I also feel like we are one of the most inclusive you know, clubs and organizations that I've encountered because we're meet, we're having people come in across the spectrum of being, you know, in more club and lifestyle settings all the way to just their normal, whether it's corporate lives or home lives, community lives. And then when we look at, um, you know, being inclusive with being BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, having a safe space and also having a space um, where white people can come in in an appropriate role and support the organization and then across the spectrum of being an LGBTQ plus welcoming space. Um, and then for Radical, I just feel like we're making a lot of changes. I think that what we're doing is new and different and um, it's challenging, but we are coming in and providing a space in the community that is not there right now. 
thank you. Thank you all for sharing. Um, I um, want to give my three words. Now, I'm not on the leadership team, but um, as a member, um, just kind of the things that come to mind for me, because the last time that we recorded, um, for me, it was from the perspective of having never been to <laughs> the actual uh, Paragon like land um, and also um, not having been in in person community with Paragon. Um, I had done a lot of virtual things. I did podcasts, but still that distance, you know, was what it was. Um, so I didn't have that uh, particular insight. So this time around, um, since I've actually been there, I would say um, my one of my words is rooted. Um, another word for me would be full circle. They could those kind of go hand in hand. And um, my other uh, word is revolutionary. So, I mean, everybody, I mean, it's literally Black Rifle for Podcast, so everybody knows, <laughs> you know, uh, very, like, my, my politics are very radical, unapologetically. But for me, on a personal level, um, and I'll circle, you know, basically, I'll let you all know why I'm mentioning this, but for me, on a personal level, um, I went down to uh, to the land in South Georgia, and my mother's side of the family is from South Georgia. Now, since I had never been to the land, I didn't know exactly where it was situated in South Georgia. I just knew South Georgia. <laughs> um, so once I, you know, we're on the road on the way down there, um, and I'm with Chalk and Case. So I'm with, uh, you know, of course, to other Paragon members and uh, leadership members. But I'm just like, okay, this this route is looking real familiar to me, even though I've never been down here before. What's going on? And then I start seeing signs for Dawson, Georgia. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, where are we going? <laughs> uh, so once I started to see that, I'm like, okay, I used to spend um, summers and sometimes holidays or whatever um, in a small town in Georgia called Cuthbert, Georgia. And Cuthbert is uh, not far from Dawson. I looked it up on the map because I was just like, okay, part of this route is how I would get to Cuthbert. And we were only about 40 minutes away from Cuthbert. So in Plains, Georgia, uh, which isn't far from Americas, and all those little areas. I, now, I had not been to Plains. I had been through Plains, but not like stopped. But I had been to Americas because I was in 4-H, a little country girl. And um, and I had been to Dawson and all that because of staying in, um, in Cuthbert. So it was, for me, I say rooted because like that's where my, on my mom's side, my family roots are literally that area. Um, I called my mom to try to show her, like the land, like to show her the sign that said Dawson, just to show her I was like not far from, you know, I have, uh, you know, family members buried there, family members who still live there. Um, I spent a lot of time there, a lot, of, especially a lot of my formative years down there. So it was a full circle moment to be able to um, go and set foot on the land and get a tour and, um, you know, and for the, the weather to, it was storming that day, but the weather cleared up long enough for us to be able to go um once we got back on the road it started raining again but it cleared up enough for us to be able to to go and you know take our time walking through um the space and even though it was um a, a turnaround trip still it meant a lot to me to go um even if I'm like hey I gotta get up super early like we're it's crunch time I did a turnaround trip I wasn't you know in Atlanta very long um and it's a you know two or so hour drive out but we still did it and so for me, it was a full circle moment 
And I said that because when you think about a cooperative, the kind of some of the hallmarks of the cooperative, one is to be sustainable. And that's one, uh, a word that um, wasn't technically one of Seda's words, but she mentioned it um, multiple times. And I'm like, yeah, that. And so I, <laughs> I noted it anyway. Um, so that's sustainability. Like that's like a core function of a, of a co-op. But also this um, idea of a live workspace, like a home. Like this is my home. I have everything I need at my home. I can work in this place that is also my home. I can play at this place that is also my home. Um, so to me, it was very, very much a full circle moment um, because I know like generations of my family that are from that same area. Um, and to be able to go there and to be a part of an organization where that is connected to uh, my kind of like personal history in that way, I think uh, is an example of Paragon kind of crossing that spectrum of everything from corporate to um, lifestyle, whatever, like that full spectrum of a person's life, um, I think is for me very personally represented in Paragon. So um, that's why those are my words. And that's why it was very much a surprise because <laughs> I hadn't been. Um, and for some reason, I knew it was in Plains, Georgia, but I didn't actually look up where Plains was. I just knew South Georgia. Um, so yeah, so it was um, meaningful to me as as someone who's a member. So I just want to share my <laughs> share my few words. Um, so we got into how um, some of the updates, like just kind of the leadership team. You all introduce yourselves and like what your roles will be moving forward. Some of the things that you see for um, Paragon and upcoming in 2024. But what I would like to know. Um, and I'll I'll go around again. I would like to know what is something that you're really looking forward to uh, from Paragon in 2024. And I'm gonna mix it up. So um, I'll start with Seda. What's something for 2024 that you're just really? It doesn't matter how big, how small, but just something that you personally are really looking forward to. I am looking forward to. Um more of the tr the physical transformation uh, on the property as we start getting into uh, working on the buildings and remodeling and things like that. I think that's going to be a real um, inspiration for all of us to see to see that coming to to fruition. Uh, you know, it's, it's always important to see tangible fruits of your labor, even though we have the softer softer successes of just the relationships and serving in the community, things like that. But having that solid foundation, physical foundation, I think is going to be very um, important for us as a catalyst to keep to keep going, keep doing what we're doing. I absolutely agree. I think especially with um, the foundation, like you said, it being something tangible and it literally being land. Um, that's just exactly. not something that a lot of that, <laughs> if any, you know, like organizations can really say, I mean, especially if we look at things that are like lifestyle specific, um, mm -hmm. there may be like a building, there may be bars, there may be, you know, those kind of things. But to right. say there are acres of land and there's this place that has this history and all the kind of stuff is something that is very unique and special um, and a very like tangible thing that um, sometimes too, when we think about like, think about like uh, alternative communities and people, the type of people that we represent, marginalized people, we experience a lot of displacement. Yeah. So to be a part of something that can, that's part of why I said rooted as well, because 
to be a part of something where you can be rooted in actual tangible land you can put your hands on you can touch the grass um mm-hmm. is not a small feat at all because so many people are displaced from their literally their houses on a smaller scale like you know apartments Absolutely. homes actual buildings but also mm-hmm. displaced from their land the land of their people the land of like that they're indigenous to right. that kind of thing like there's generations and layers of displacement that marginalized people deal with so um, that's why I said revolutionary because I'm like, who? Yeah, who and you mentioned homes. Like, it's it's a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned homes. So that's that's part of you know the difference between mm-hmm. owning your home or you know renting a space in someone else's property. Mm-hmm. The feeling of that is very different. Mm-hmm. And being able to go home because that was a mm-hmm. when I got to the land and once I really realized like, oh shit, like where it is and everything. I'm just like. There was, for me, a feeling of, of going home um, that I, you know, hadn't felt in a long time. So um, it's definitely a, a special, a special thing. So thank you yeah, for bringing and that I, up. I really felt that in a, kind of a sad moment, but recently with uh, Rosalind Carter's funeral being there in Plains, it kind of felt like the world is coming to mm. our home. Oh, that's good. Like that's, Even you know, like not a good thing that happened, but, but that. Right. You know, not a good that it happened, but that connection, mm-hmm. that connection, that's some good stuff. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's deep. It's deep. Um, okay, who am I going to go to next? Demarcus. Okay, so for you, what are you looking forward to most in 2024 for Paragon? For 2024, what am I looking for for Paragon? Oh my, that's going to be one. Um, the the bond that we continue to have between each other um, and the fellowship, honestly. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's very important too. Um, okay, so Jessica Noir, I'm coming around to you. What are you looking forward to in 2024 for Paragon? Trying to think of something that hasn't been said, I mean, I'm very excited, like Saina was saying, about seeing some tangible, you know, goals met with the land, because I think it's like a beacon of light for us. Like it's something that's really different and it's going to be really cool to have. Um, But in addition to that, I guess I would say uh, just having more purpose. I think that this now that we're not like a baby organization anymore and we're coming into like a new year, there's going to be a lot more of like purposeful movement happening with like us providing education which I think is going to be really cool to our members and the community and then for us to connect more strongly since we are an international entity as like the people that are scattered is we're finding some really cool ways to get everyone connected so I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to progress us as an organization that'll be cool Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that, too, as somebody who is across the country, um, being able to have that connectedness, um, despite the distance. Um, it's something that's very exciting in that, you know, I'm glad that it'll be um, even more, like, you know, robust in 2024, because um, there's always that um, that connectedness and kind of the reaching out and everything. But um, when folks are scattered, um, it can feel, you know, a little lonely. And so knowing that there is... Um, not just like, of course, the tangible, but also the spiritual kind of like home base that people are able to come back to no matter where they are. So that's a very important thing about Paragon. 
All right, so I, I feel so uh formal because every single time I'm like Dion Chapter Henderson, but I feel like I have to say your whole name. Um, but for you, what are you looking forward to in 2024 for Paragon? Because I feel like this will be a good um a good note to end on, like kind of everyone's like kind of like you all's hopes and aspirations and just what you are excited about. So um, yeah, so from your perspective, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Well, I think that um, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit because I realized I hadn't provided explanations for my um, three words. Um, I think the complex is inherent in the fact that we do have a very diverse mission and it does uh, cr cross a lot of things that are impacted mostly by structural racism, um, homophobia and discrimination. So um, we are a sub-segment of a marginalized population. And so for those who don't, you know, understand, you know, what that means is you do have, you know, the majority population, which is, you know, how everybody has the social contract and their roles that are very homogenous and um, very binary then uh, and very religious here in Georgia. So we operate as a counterculture. And within that counterculture of LGBTQ and those that are non-labeled and those that choose to have fluidity with their labels, uh, we also are a marginalized population being Black and Indigenous, indigenous persons of color. Um, within that, we also have, you know, uh, we believe in inclusivity and equity. So the inclusivity means that our accomplices are, are fully patched alongside of us and have access to the property. Um, they do not have cooperative ownership. So only um, the BIPOC members, uh, provisional members will be considered you know, fully patched for the cooperative. But our accomplices are also sharing their resources and that makes a difference between an accomplice and an ally that they're bringing tangible you know, um, resources to Paragon in order to grow and further the mission. So that complexity in us being, you know, a counterculture and also Black and Indigenous persons within that counterculture and then the stigma of consent-based adult activity, everyone naturally conflates, you know, adult activity, whether it's, um, you know, con consensual dynamics, authoritarian dynamics, um, whether it's predilections and fetishes, but everyone instantly thinks, oh, that's sex, that's porn. And, you know, there's there's a lot of hypocrisy that makes people uh, operate in shame and also operate, you know, underground, undercover, down low. But that brings its own degree of um, health and safety uh, issues to our community as well, because uh, people can't get proper training on some of their practices and people don't understand consent and they don't understand the difference between risk aware consent and same safe and consensual uh, consent. So that makes it, and you know, it's important that we have education and training kind of being able to be transparent that we're operating in a very small margin, but impacting a lot of individuals. Then, you know, the property itself has been abandoned for 30 years and there's studies of what happens with uh, abandoned buildings. Usually you see that in urban areas and you see distressed in urban properties in the neighborhoods that are in them um, and higher 
you know, um, you know, higher levels of everything from emotional and mental disorders to lower scores, um, as you know, that that trauma that happens as those those blighted areas um, in neighborhoods become, you know, uh, abandoned and people start, you know, uh, living in them and vandalizing them. And, you know, we have one of those properties that have been abandoned for 30 years. So but it literally um, mm -hmm. like the where the land is situated, because this is something I you know got to see and that you definitely have pointed out um, and not to interrupt. I just want to uh, reinforce this point. Um, the land itself is um, like a, an example of what that divide can look like. Like you can go down in plains and it's like there's one section that looks well maintained and there's, you know, a, 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 something that sounds like stereotypical, like other side of the tracks. It's real life, like real shit. Okay. On literally on the other side, houses are falling apart, like are uh, caving in. It's not an exaggeration or anything like that. Like this is not like a um, some kind of metaphor. No, this is like in real life, <laughs> you can see that discrepancy played out um, and, you know, see this land that has so much, you know, potential that is literally right there where, at that, uh, where that intersection is, you know? So it really is representative of that, but continue. <laughs> I just was thinking about, <laughs> I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like replaying in my mind kind of that drive and I was just like, this is really that shit. Like it's really other side of the tracks is it's, one way, you know, and it was just wild to me to see it visually. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I think people normally think of it as urban blight, but you know, it's urban blight in a rural area. It's one of the poorest counties in Georgia. Um, it is rural, you know, um, in terms of the demo the demographics. Um, but then there is still, you know, segregation and a somewhat color line where you know if it's you know the the mean in, mean income you know is forty thousand you know that's still for non people of color you know um, and I can't say white people you know how I feel about that being radical that's just a term based on structural racism everybody has an ethnicity and a you know um, you know a culture that they come from so anyway we won't sidebar too much into that and I'll start you know throwing up my flag and signing and all that stuff. <laughs> But, you know, non-POCs, people who don't identify as a person of color, um, are still making, you know, twice the medium income. So you have one of the poorest areas. You have a poor area that is also rural. We're also in a food desert. So the closest grocery store is nine miles away, and there's no public transportation. So, so the closest store is in America, right? It's not even in Plains? Correct, correct. Plains only has a Dollar General. And like a what do you call that? Like a general store. <laughs> like, yeah, general, yeah, 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 a general store. And so there's not even a grocery store. So if you don't have transportation, if you don't have public transportation, if you don't have, you know, a certain amount of income, then you're 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 definitely at a disadvantage. So, you know, we're representing a lot of dis disadvantaged populations. And to your point that we want to be able to do all things there, we also want to be able to help the community by being able to bring in things like uh, possibly having a laundry mat. Uh, there's no laundromat in the town, period, um, possibly bringing in education and training. Since solar equity, um, many know that, you know, agrivoltaics and solar power, we haven't been able to get permanent power still on the property. And that's been, a, you know, a two-year challenge. So, you know, being able to work with the NREL and create um, a one megawatt microgrid 
that will serve as a reliance point between uh, Georgia Power and also Sumter Electric um, because the property is serviced by both entities and both properties also, um, I mean, both uh, power companies also have a reverse grid. So for us to be able to be uh, economically sustain sustaining, not only generating our own power, I think we will probably be the first BIPOC LGBTQ cooperative to have its own power grid, um, even if it's just, a, you know, a small microgrid, but that is huge. You know, small things that are actually in fact huge and maybe even first time things, at least here in the US and definitely in the deep south. So that's that's why we come flex. <laughs> And, um, and in fact, that's actually, you know, my greatest hope for the future is that we can actually actualize that plan of the one megawatt mo watt microgrid with a grant, um, a government grant that will help us build the grid. And so that our, our first pillar of sustainability uh, will allow us to actually occupy the property without power, we can't do the buildings and we can't have what everyone else has hoped for, which is being able to actually see growth because we, you know, we can't we can't power a machine um, in order to do some of the things that we need to do. So, you know, definitely starting with getting the power and getting the grant for the funding to do the rehabilitation or at least being able to gut the building so that we can gut it and start to rehab it. So funding, you know, is my my biggest uh, hope for 2024. And the other word that I had was spiritual, because if you look at Paragon, we have a lot of things represented in our in our uh, logo. You know, um, we have the leather pride flag. We have, you know, hands of color, you know, holding a heart. Um, you know, some of us have, you know, faith in other systems. So we have, you know, uh, Tantra symbols there. Some of us um, are practicing you know, yoga and have yogis that are leading us along a, cer a certain spiritual path. Uh, we have uh, one of our main supporters and accomplices is an atheist. Um, he and I work together. This is a cis, cis white male who is an atheist working with me, who is no less than a true believer in many things. So, um, you know, th this is Paragon, being able to, you know, work across many different types of uh, barriers in order to build collaborations and build synergies and energies. And that kind of leads me to my third word, which was sublime. I think that, you know, what we will be able to do, we'll work on um, some very uh, sublime levels, you know, across the nation and hopefully globally. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, you know, it's, being able to kind of just see where Paragon was a year ago and then looking at um, the present day and then just what the plans are for the future, the very near future, because we're in December. So <laughs> this is right around the corner. Um, I'm just excited to see how everything comes to fruition in 2024 um, and beyond that. But I do see 2024 as like this pivotal year um in terms of moving forward and just manifesting some things that have been in the works the previous year or the time that you all were last on and that we all talked there was a lot of um i want to say kind of like behind the scenes there was front-facing stuff too because there's you know education and training and bar nights and stuff like that but there's also a lot of um behind the scenes stuff and um laying that groundwork and 
um, especially things that sometimes can seem a little tedious, but are necessary. And so now, you know, moving into 2024, it's more of that uh, front facing, a lot of the front facing things, the pledge line, um, the road captain being out and about, um, you know, just being able to, uh, for people to see um, that even higher level of visibility. So yeah, so I'm very appreciative of, of all of you for coming on and for sharing um, what your roles are, sharing what your hopes are for Paragon in the future and um, and what you're looking forward to. And even, you know, just sharing, I know we kind of randomly did the three word thing last time and I, want, I did want to circle back to it. Um, and so I want to wrap up with kind of recapping um, uh, some of the words that were mentioned. So um, we have complex, spiritual, sublime. I love the word sublime. <laughs> uh, I said rooted, full circle, revolutionary, radical, um, transformative. We talked about power, fetish. Look, we can't forget about the fun stuff. <laughs> uh, inclusive, and more than one of you said inclusive. Um, that was a, one of those that were repeated. Out of the box, sustainable, universal. Um, and so, and of course, Universal is a really good one. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, Paragon is very radical and really does represent, represents in a tangible way values and principles that a lot of times people say they are about, um, but aren't really <laughs> putting their, their money or their uh, sweat equity where their mouth is. So Paragon really does serve as an example of doing the things that you say that you believe in. So thank you all for coming on and for sharing. And for everyone who has listened, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Radical Group Podcast. Of course, I appreciate you. Um, I was really excited to bring Paragon back and just kind of have them check in with you all so that you would know what's going on. And hopefully, you know, you'll go, you know, come convene with us. <laughs> okay, come, come meet people in real life. Um, but until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you and, so much for having us. Oh, of course. Like, I'm very biased <laughs> as a member. I'm like, it's my podcast. I do what I want. I'm having that. Um, but, um, but the but the previous episode also had a really great response because I think this was just something very new for people. So I wanted, you know, you all to be able to come back and check in. So thank you very much. And to my listeners, I'll catch y'all next time. Got some things in the works, some things in the works that, um, some changes, but all positive things. So. Thank you.